Hey, it's Bobby Richards, producer of the Business Made Simple podcast. Every episode of the show, we focus on coaching you through what's keeping you up at night when it comes to running and growing your small business. The overwhelm is real, especially when you feel trapped in the day-to-day operation or stressed, discouraged, and constantly second-guessing the plan you've implemented for growth. Well, in Donald Miller's new book, How to Grow Your Small Business, you'll get a proven six-step plan for growth so you can stop drowning in the details and finally start spending more time doing the things you truly love, both in your business and in your life. So if you are ready to experience freedom, flexibility, and growth for your small business, How to Grow Your Small Business is the book you've been waiting for. And if you pre-order How to Grow Your Small Business at growyoursmallbusiness.com right now, you'll get a free audio summary of the book delivered right into your inbox. Stop losing sleep worrying about whether or not you're growing your small business the right way and start using a proven plan that works. Just pre-order How to Grow Your Small Business at growyoursmallbusiness.com. Finding Founders Podcast, hosted by Sam Donner, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Designed to inspire, Finding Founders is a podcast about vulnerability and entrepreneurship, where you learn from the life stories of founders of amazing businesses. Here's some episodes to check out right now. Modernizing Meditation, Sam chats with Sue Schwartz, founder of Unplug Meditation. Sue's gives insights around a mission to make meditation simple, powerful, and accessible to all. How about this? Drop your career and start beekeeping. My wife would love that. Founders of TNA Farms, Adam and Therese, walk through their journey from beekeeping hobbyists to professional beekeepers who sell their honey all over over the country. Sounds good to me. If you want the real stories around how amazing businesses rose to success, listen to Finding Founders wherever you get your podcasts. You got a great business. You got a great product. You got customers that love it, but you are at capacity, my friend. You cannot add any more business. What do you do to scale? Well, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about a problem that many of you have. We're going to talk about streamlining your operation and creating a factory floor of processes. Today, I'm talking with Laura Higgins. She's the founder of 3daywebsites.co, a business that designs and builds dream websites in three days. And my friend, she is at capacity. I want you to listen to how we take the complexity of her business, simplify it into core processes and then talk about creating assembly line of those processes so that she can run a lot more customers through. I think you're going to find parallels between her business and yours. So with that, welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the only place that coaches you through a six-step plan to grow your small business. We do that by helping you build your business like an airplane. The cockpit is your leadership. The body is your overhead, which we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about operations and we're going to streamline that operation today by creating an assembly line. The right engine is your marketing, the left engine is your sales, the wings are your products, and the fuel tanks are your cash flow. If you master the six parts of a small business, your business is going to fly far and fast. Every week, we help a business owner just like you optimize their airplane. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Laura, so great to have you on the show today. Tell everybody what your business is all about. Thanks so much for having me, Don. The business I wanted to talk with you about today is called 3-Day Websites. And essentially what we do is we build and design your dream website in three days. Wow, that's quite a promise. (laughs) It is. 
uh, we are fueled by coffee and uh, we get it done. And uh, three day website, first of all, congratulations on a great name. Oh, thank you. I always feel like that's like six tenths of the battle is just to be able to say what it is and have people know immediately what kind of value that they're going to get. So everybody listening to us needs to know Laura did a great job there. I would imagine that that's going well. Is that right? Yeah, it is going really well. We've kind of hit this point where we're at a bit of a ceiling. We're booked out and we're kind of like, okay, how do we, we've increased the prices, we've kind of done all the things. And now we're like, how do we scale this thing without, you know, leaving, a, you know, our team burnt out right. and stressed? Because it's a big process to get a website designed and published in three days. So uh, yeah. that's kind oh, of the yeah, thing no we're point. at now. It's going really well, but we're kind of like, how do we take it to the next level? How do we scale it? Okay. Let me ask you this, Laura, because what you're really talking about is operations. How do you actually create a factory floor where people are interchangeable, but the operations kind of never stop? And then you should be able to take that factory floor and take it from the second floor to the third floor and the third floor to the fourth floor. So those factory floors are all working exactly the same. There are set people doing set things. They have set skills. And like an assembly line, the product starts on one side and the widgets, if you will, start on one side and the product spits out the other. Mm. That's basically what we're talking about. Is that right? Yeah, totally. Okay. Let me start by asking you this. What part of this do you do? And what I'm really asking is, Laura, is this process bottlenecked at you? <laughs> Well, do you know, we've actually, in probably the last three months, one of our team has taken over the sales calls, the client management, and that whole side of the process. So I'm actually not involved okay. in the day-to-day. -day. I am kind of more- Oh, well, that's wonderful. That's yeah. amazing. Okay. So that's awesome. But I'm kind of also still thinking about how the heck do we grow it? And also, right. you know, make sure that it's systemized for our team so that they don't, my, my big concern is I don't want them to feel like we're growing at the expense of having a system, having a process and, you know, their time and their kind of capacity. Yeah. What happens when you don't have a process is everybody starts getting busy doing, doing busy work, mm -hmm. doing work that doesn't actually lead to the bottom line. And especially if you have people standing around and they have nothing to do, people in general and I mean like nine out of 10, they're actually really good and they really don't want to sit around and get paid to do it because they feel guilty. So what they'll do is they'll start inventing work and creating work to do that has nothing to do with the bottom line or nothing to do with the objectives of the company. And then this is when it gets really bad. They'll come to you and say, man, I'm, I, I need an assistant. Yeah. <laughs> now you're hiring an assistant to help somebody do stuff that has nothing to do with the bottom line because they're all <laughs> extremely ethical people. So what, what you really have to have are actual step-by-step -step systems. So once a client says, I want to do this, let me just ask you, what's the first step? Is there an intake call? Are they selecting colors? Are they selecting, you know, what are the, what's happening in the first step of the process? Yeah. So in the first step of the process, it is, and this is a crazy thing, Don, on most of our sales calls, they convert on the call and they're like, great, I want to book that date. Let's do it. Great. I mean, why wouldn't they? Three-day website. Let's go. Yeah. So that's really great. But what we do from there is we say on the call, hey, here's a deposit to secure your spot, to secure that date. We'll block out that date for seven days and then we will send you the payment link because it's so productized. It's like, this is the product. Sure. This is how much it right. is. So then we send them the payment link along with, hey, here's all the details. Here's all the calls we need you for. Once we receive the payment, then we go into creating their portal and all that stuff. So that's kind of like first mm -hmm. step is the deposit to get them to commit. And then we go into, okay, cool. Do you want to go on a payment plan? Do you want to pay in full? 
um, and then we go into setting them up right. to get all their assets and things like that. And is this all done by the sales rep? Yes. Okay. So and right now that's one person. It used to be you, right? But yeah. now it's another person and they've taken that over. Yeah. Okay. So that's all great. So that person can do, how many of those can they do a day? I, I mean, at the moment, she's probably doing two or three of those a week, getting people set up. Two or three of those weeks. So she's got room to grow. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So we are not bottlenecked at her. I don't think so. I think it's the, how many websites can we do in a month? <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Well, okay. But what I'm getting at is if that's one position on the assembly line, yeah. she's standing around with, uh, with yellow fingers because she's eating Cheetos. There's, you know, there's not a whole, she's, she's good. We can scale there. So let's go to step two. And, mm. and my guess is when we get into the creative, that's where we're going to find some trouble, right? Oh, yeah. So this is essentially what we want to do, though, Laura. We want to say, okay, this is step one. You, what you want to do is you ever seen a picture of like a car being made and there's one person who's putting on the gas cap, the next person is sliding in with the back seat, and yeah. the next person is. Th essentially, that's what you want to do, except you're doing creative work. And so the first person, the salesperson, is getting the payment and they're turning them over to phase two. And mm. phase two is going to be what? What would you consider that phase would be? Well, that's also the same person. And then she then sets them up and goes, all right, cool. We need all these assets. She's following them up. She's answering their questions. If they don't get their stuff in onto the portal in time, she's calling them and being like, hey, we need all your, we need your content. We need your branding, all that stuff. So she then follows up and that's, that might be more of the bulk of her time is spent in the Gotcha. All, right, all liaise with the designer. And people who are not delivering, yeah, people who are not delivering when they're supposed to deliver, you know, yeah. is, is some of the hold up on the customer side? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. One thing we want to be able to do is communicate to the customer, look, we call ourselves three-day websites because we deliver so quickly, but every time you're late, it adds a day. Mm. And you want to be able, you say, you know, say, hey, if we're late, it's you, it's on you, it's not on us. And we want to encourage our people to play their part in the assembly line yeah. and to get the stuff in on time. So we want to be able to do that. I think eventually you're probably going to want to break up part one and part two yeah. as you scale. So I know she's doing it all right now, but imagine five different sales reps closing deals, handing it all to one of five assembly lines. So you got five different sales reps. Then the phase two is getting all of that collateral. That might be an account rep. Mm. different than the person who closed the sale, this person is going to make sure that you're getting all of the material in on time. And you could probably manage all this in something like Pipedrive. It's a great piece of software that will allow you to manage it. Great. So you're, eventually you're going, to want to, you're going to want phase two to be individualized to another person uh, because phase one is really sales reps talking people into pulling out their credit card. Yeah. And that's pretty specialized. It's a specialized skill set. What you don't want is a really valuable sales rep who's excellent at taking a cold lead and getting them to put $10,000 on an American Express, calling somebody and saying, hey, we don't have your logo in our Dropbox file. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. You do not want the person who should be calling and asking for 10 grand calling and asking for a logo. <laughs> yes, that's two, so those true. Are two different people. Yeah. And one person is worth a whole lot more than the other person, by the way. So you want to make sure that whoever is your sales rep is selling, 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 closing deals. And if they're ever sitting around with nothing to do, that's our fault as the leader because we got to get them more leads. Yes. Right. So yeah. that's one thing is don't tie them up with that busy work. Let's give them only. So the next thing is we're going to get all of their collateral as their sales rep 
And then we're going to turn that, that person's job is to get all the collateral and turn it over to say creative. Mm-hmm. Now the client may never actually talk to creative. They may only talk to the sales rep, but the assembly line is still happening. If the sales rep is just taking them through every part of the assembly line. And by the way, that's a lot better experience for the customer. Because yeah. the customer only knows one person through the whole process, even though the product is going down an assembly line. The only bang up that you'll have is if they don't like the header, then the sales rep can't really change it. They got to go back to somebody that the client has never met and ask them to change it. And now they're a mediator. That could be a little bit of a problem. But cross that bridge when you come to it. When was the last time you heard someone say, it's almost too easy when talking about a piece of tech? Probably never, right? Because tech usually isn't easy. Tech is usually too complicated, too busy, and too frustrating when it should just be plain easy. HubSpot's CRM platform is ridiculously easy to learn, use, and love. That's because it's a handcrafted, sophisticated system designed for the way teams actually work, not a bunch of cobbled together tools that don't speak to each other. With a suite of powerful tools that seamlessly connects your teams and customizable hubs that you can add or subtract as you grow, it's not almost too easy to use. It is easy to use, period. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. And now back to the show. So once the collateral is in-house, that let's call that person the sales rep. The sales rep is then going to turn them over to who? Or turn the product over to who? From there, they turn it over to our designer, who we have an in-house designer who does most of our websites for clients, but we're kind of capped at about two a month. And then we also have, we've just brought on a freelancer who does- For hire. Yeah. But pretty much from there, sales rep hands over to our designer and the designer is client facing and does like a, hey, we want to make sure you're happy with the concept. Do you have any revisions? Um, She makes the revisions and then builds it out from there. Great. Well, let's keep that. Let's keep the the creative client facing. What do you do with your freelancer? Are they client facing as well? At the moment, yes. Um, But we kind of don't. I think that's fine. Is that fine? It's fine because eventually you're going to, when that freelancer gets too busy, you're going to bring on somebody else. Mm. And so you'll have a second designer. And when that second designer gets too busy, you bring on a freelancer. When the freelancer gets busy, you bring on a third designer. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's a great system. But you do have to say, hey, you you represent our company to whoever you're talking to. Just be aware of that. Yeah. And make sure that they play the role of a member of your team. Yes. And that, uh, you know, they have your values and your standards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think the key here, Laura, is, you know, whenever you're creating a factory floor, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about creating a factory floor. You want steps or phases. Let's call them phases. Phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. And every phase has a checklist. And they, it might even have a worksheet. Mm. So that in that conversation that your designer is having with the client, they're going through a, how do you feel about the header? Do you feel like this uh, entices customers right away? Uh, how do you feel about the call to action? If we say schedule a call, do you feel like that's the right call to action? How do you feel about, you know, yeah. there's 23 things. And by the way, if they go through this worksheet and they have to go through this worksheet when they're reviewing a finished product website, the client is going to sit there going, my gosh, this is good value. My gosh, these people know what they're doing. Mm. Rather than one question, do you like it? <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's going to work for you? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. We'll find out. 
But if you're saying, look, is is your your header tagline okay? You know, is your menu of uh, of choices up top robust enough to cover all your business needs? Uh, is it very clear what one call to action we want the client to take? Is our offer spelled out very clearly? Based on this offer, would somebody feel stupid not buying it? You know, those are the sorts of questions that you want in that thing. And if they go, gosh, I actually don't think our call to action is very clear, then you go, okay, well, maybe yeah. we shouldn't say start now or get started. Maybe we should say schedule a call. Would that be more clear? Yeah. Okay, well, let's change that. Yeah. You know, and you're guiding them through the process of, of standards, basically. Mm. And three-day website now has 23 standards that make a website work. Yeah. And, you, you know, our people go through that checklist. That might be phase three or phase four of the process. The thing I love about that, Don, is that because we very much are, my whole thing is, is marketing and helping people to make more sales and grow their business. So when it comes to the website right. design, we really want to make sure it's informed by a lot of what we do is like, can you say this more clearly? Really like basing on the story brand framework. Yeah. So I think that checklist actually is so right. It adds more value because it's like, Oh, they're thinking about more than just the aesthetic. Like they're actually thinking about, will this get me more customers? They're thinking about your bottom line. I mean, yeah. that's what StoryBrand is known for. We, we think that most marketers rip you off without meaning to. They're mm. well-intentioned, but they're basically artists. They're not business people. I agree with you. You and I have a kindred spirit about that. Our job is to get a return mm. on our clients and marketing investment, and we want it to be a giant return. Yeah. So I love that. Okay. I want to, I want to cover, you know, and this is the way it keeps going. Phase one, phase two, phase three, each one has a checklist. And then there is a, a final one, whether it's phase 23 or step 18, whatever we want to call it. I want to know how you let a client go out into the world with their product, all of it's paid for. What does your process for doing that look like? Cause I think it's one of the most important processes. Well, and, and this is probably, I don't have much clarity on what that process is. So at the moment we send them the final product we, you know, we don't actually connect their domains for them. So we have that as an upsell of like, hey, we can actually make sure that this is live. Um, but then we yeah. also deliver them some creative assets to use on socials. But aside from that, we don't do much. Okay. So I don't know about you, Laura, but here in the States, if you go buy a car, like if you go, there's this used car lot franchise called CarMax. If you go buy a car at CarMax, they actually like put a big bow on the car and bring it in the showroom and you drive it from indoors to outdoors. What, <laughs> yeah. what they're really doing is they're literally putting a bow on it. Mm. <laughs> they're saying, this is the end of the story where the credits roll. And one thing that I do, you know, occasionally I have these strategy sessions where I'll go in for a full day with a corporation and I'll help them figure out something, mostly a marketing messaging strategy. And one of the things that I'll do at the end of that eight hours is I'll say, hey guys, here's everything that we got done. We outlined a website, we created a lead generator, we outlined 12 different emails that we're going to send out. We came up with two different product ideas and gave them these names. We, had a, we created a sales script for your, your sales team to sell this particular product, and we outlined a sales training that we'll deliver in February. How long would it have taken you guys to get that done if I hadn't come here today? And I mean, people have given me everything from two years to 16 years. I've never heard anything under like two years. And we got it done in one day. The reason I do that is because inevitably somebody will walk out of the room going, well, you know, we, we didn't get to that third email. And instead they're walking out of the room going, I think we just got about a million dollars worth of value in eight hours. Mm. And the only reason they think that is because I told them that. <laughs> I told them, here's what we got done. And how long do you think it would have taken you to do that? And it's very important for me as a business guy to say, look, you paid me a lot of money to be here. 
There's a guarantee, by the way, if you don't make 10x return on your investment, I'll give you all of your money back. I'm not here to waste anybody's time. And I've never had to do that. We've always gotten a 10x return on their investment. But what, what it is, it's a way of me saying, you just got really great value. I would say your final process needs to be something where people realize they got value. And what I would do is I would go over a kind of line item you know, that's that that sales rep or that that customer relations, like we came up with a tagline, we did this, we did this, and say, after you go through that, do you believe you got a fantastic investment? Or do you feel like you got a fantastic return on your investment with three-day websites? And then if they say yes, which hopefully they, if they say no, you got to bring them back and say, okay, well, let's, let's work on this. If they say yes, you want a final line that just says, uh, well, thank you. Our, we, we take pride in a three-day website that will get better returns on your money than something that might have taken you six months. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen? Their website's going to go live. They're going to be at a Christmas party. They're going to be standing around drinking hot chocolate and say, hey, I saw your new website. It looks really good. Yeah. I went to three-day websites. They give me actually a better return on my investment than other companies that would take you six months to create that. And why are they going to say that? They're going to say that because you put those words in their mouth. Ah, oh, that's so good. <laughs> you like this, Laura? I do. It's really good. Okay, so all, but see now we're what we're doing is we're creating a factory floor for the creation of the product, the marketing of the product, the selling product. And what you want to do is you want those checklists to be so clear that you could take one person out of seat number one and put them over in seat number seven, and you can switch around these seats and train different people to do different things. And what that allows you, allows you to do is solve the problem that you came on the show with, scale. How do you scale? Mm. And the only way to scale is to create factory floor, especially when you're dealing with creative. And you know some people are not going to be very good at creative, so you want to replace them with somebody who's more creative. Somebody might not be very good with people. You definitely want them writing copy in a dark room by themselves. You know, so you, <laughs> you, know, you find different people with different skill sets to sit where they need to sit on the assembly line. But at the end of the day, you've got processes that they can follow, expectations that they have, uh, that you have for them. You can tell whether or not they're doing a good job and more clients are being served. And then if you want to scale, you simply add people or add an entire new assembly line. So you've got assembly line A and you've got assembly line B and your sales reps are going, is anybody in A? No, there's an opening in A. Okay, great. We're going to send this client through, through pipeline A. And we're going to send this client through pipeline B. And now- there's a C and a D and an E yeah. and so forth. And that's how you crank out websites. Yes. I love that too, because it's a quick turnaround. A lot of people come to us and they're like, I want to get this done like next week. <laughs> and we're like, crap, we're booked out. Yeah. So we can't actually do that. So I love the idea of two or three or 10 assembly lines. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And once you create those assembly lines, you'll, you'll know capacity. Because somebody will say, well, I can't do, I can't do that many. And say, really? Because over there on assembly line B, the person who does your job is currently running twice as many in their throughput. Yeah. Right? And they're going, oh, okay. Maybe I'm not very good at this. <laughs> you, have some, you have some comparisons with which to, you know, do you have some standards with which to compare? And you can improve those processes and improve. There are people who are paid tens of millions of dollars to go into a Toyota factory and take milliseconds off the time it takes to install a backseat. They are paid to actually make that more and more efficient. And there's no reason those of us who are creatives can't create assembly lines. We've worked hard on this with even just with this podcast. There are things that Bobby and I do to prepare and execute this podcast that used to be, you know, whenever Don has time, 
we'll get to it. And whenever Bobby has time, we hope the stars align. And now it's not. It's Monday at you know one o'clock. We're sitting down having conversations with people. It's because we factory floored it out. Yeah. And a lot of us listening to this podcast need to fact need to create a factory floor of your processes. Laura, I expect great things. I expect business to go way up. Thank you so much. Where would people find out about you? You can go to threedaywebsites.co um, if you want to check out our websites and work with us. That'd be and awesome. You're in Australia. Here in Australia. Yeah. You're in Australia? Yeah. Okay. And Sydney. In Sydney. Well, that's great. Well, <laughs> it's it's wonderful to meet you and uh, I, I wish you the absolute best. I love your heart for making your client money. That ultimately ensures growth right there if you've got that. And uh, I don't think you're going to have any problem scaling your operation. Thank you so much, Don. Thank you, Laura. Wonderful to talk to you. Like I said, I think Laura's going to do great. She has a natural mind for creating that assembly line. Just the fact, listen, you know, I, she clued me in on this when she said she used to be the person who was closing the the sales, but now that's not necessary and she's really not involved in day-to-day operations. When she said that, I knew we were dealing with much more than an artist. We're dealing with somebody who actually understands how to grow a business and is going to follow through on uh, whatever advice I give her. Well, here is the advice I gave her, and it's the advice that I'm giving you. If you need to scale your operation, you may need to create a factory floor, an assembly line of your production, whatever that is, especially those of you who are creative You're kind of all over the place. Even real estate agents and financial advisors, you can create a factory floor. Well, as you know, at the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. These are the main takeaways you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. Today's plan of action are the five steps you need to go through in order to create an assembly line of whatever it is that you produce. The first step is this. Define the phases. Now, I'm talking about rough things, rough buckets, if you will, of stuff that needs to get done. It, all you got to do is get a whiteboard and say, what What are the buckets? What What could, and essentially what you're saying is, what could one person do before they hand it to the next person, before they hand it to the next person? If you get those phases down, then the next thing you need to do is actually create metaphorical seats on the assembly line. So is one person going to be able to handle one phase one? Is one person going to handle phase two? Or is that going to be two different people who are handing it off to each other? Phase three, because these are actually people that you're going to have to pay to do this job. Next, this is step three. Put people in those seats and give them a job description. You're actually going to go to somebody and you're going to say, this is the part, this is what the whole assembly line looks like, and this is the part you are going to do. Here is a checklist, and that needs to be a robust checklist. Here's what you're doing to the product. Here's what you're doing with the customer. Here's what you're communicating to the customer. Here's you know the email that you're going to send to the customer whenever this happens, You know, so forth and so on. Step four, you actually want to analyze what you've just done and increase throughput. What is throughput? Throughput is the amount of products that can get through that assembly line in one unit of time. So every week, can we get three? Well, if we can get three, can we get five? Can we get six? What do we need to cut out? What do we need to streamline? When do we need to to take our breaks? When do people need to show up? All those kinds of things increase throughput. So those are the first four steps. Break it down into phases, decide how many seats you need on the assembly line, put people in those seats, and then increase throughput. Then as your business scales, you're going to take step five, and that is duplicate the assembly line. So if you've got seven people in the assembly line making something happen, you want to duplicate it with seven new people. 
and preferably a sales team that is able to feed leads and clients into that assembly line. That is how you create a factory floor. And by the way, don't just leave it at your leadership team. Get people who are on those assembly lines in the room to show you how the process works. Once you do this, though, a couple things happen. Your throughput goes up. You can create more product, and that's a wonderful thing because you're paying people the same amount whether they create three products or nine. So your revenue and your profit are going up the higher your throughput goes. Second, you're able to scale. You can now scale very easily. You can add another assembly line. You can add seven more people to do this other thing or duplicate the end part of your assembly line where people are getting bottlenecked because parts one through three are just fine. Parts four through seven get bottlenecked. So once it gets to level three, seat number three, we can choose between seat 4A or seat 4B and it would stream down the rest of another assembly line. There's all sorts of ways that we can can handle that, Uh, but you are able to scale much quicker. Here's the third benefit of doing this your company becomes more valuable. Your small business becomes extremely valuable when the processes are duplicated and venture capital or somebody else can just come in and say, look, if we plug in our leadership team over this business, we can scale it with our marketing magic and we don't have to worry about the way these products are created because they've got these processes down. If you don't, they come in and they say, well, you know what? This seems to be very dependent on this personality over here running through the warehouse yelling things. And we lose that personality, we lose this business because there is clearly not processes creating a widget on the other side of this thing. And the, the, your company is devalued. I don't care how much money you're making. Your company is devalued. You're not going to sell it for very much. But you do these things and uh, you will make more money in less time. And if you ever want to sell your company, you'll sell it for more. One, phases. Two, seats on the assembly line. Three, people in seats. Four, increase throughput. And five, duplicate. That is how you scale a business. With that, thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you build your business like an airplane so you can fly far and fast. See you next week.